0: Josie's helping too. Thank you, Josie. Alright, let's stand with their Bibles for a second. Say with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. So, at times, uh, we have an apostolic anointing. We minister around the world. We've ministered to thousands of leaders around the world, as well as in the United States. And at times, uh, like in this last conference, to bring a word in season. So many times, speakers will come and they'll just uh, kind of same old, same old, and so forth. But at, even at the last conferences, we've been, been bringing a word in season. We bring a word of, uh, to encourage leaders and, so to speak, cut through some of the fog uh, to help, help them, to bring focus, to bring peace. Pastors said to me, they said, oh, they said, I can't believe how this has helped me. In, uh, in my ministry, in my life. And half the body of Christ is fighting each other <laughs> over all kinds of things, you know. So uh, Jesus gives us, of course, specific commands to spread the gospel. On the other hand, of course, the enemy wants to fight the spread of the gospel and divert our attention to other things. In Matthew 11, uh, or Matthew 14, excuse me, uh, when Peter was walking in the water to go to Jesus, notice Peter said, command me to come to you. Uh, interesting word. Uh, command me to come to you, and all Jesus said. He gave one word, and Peter walked on the water. He walked on the water to go with, to go to Jesus. It just tells me there's there's nothing impossible when we when we focus on Jesus, and and to do His word. Amen. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. No no uh, uh, miracle is impossible. One of the things that uh, was lunch one time with Bill Johnson, but he was saying, saying that the issue lots of times when pastors, leaders or people go to someone in critical care and they look at someone and they focus on the problem, how bad the problem is, you know, so they're on their deathbed or something. And it's easy to do that. You focus on that and it drains your faith. And pretty soon you have no faith to believe for a real miracle. And uh, uh, so, so they, on purpose, just try to not focus on that, turn their eyes off that to Jesus. Why in the last two minutes of a football game will a team, when it's, when it's been tough the whole game, but in the last two minutes of the game, they'll just go boom, first down, first down, first down, first down, and probably go down to set up for the winning field goal or score. Why is that? It's because in the last two minutes, all the attention, focus just comes in right here. And every other distraction is out of the way. And so teams do more in the last two minutes than sometimes they do in the previous three and a half quarters. And it all comes down to their focus. Amen? So they're focusing. I mean, we used to, sit, we used to have a stopwatch in the sideline. And so, so you throw a ball, but it was very clear. You catch it out of bounds. Catch it out of bounds. And so you're, you're just dealing with seconds. And so they say you got fifty seconds left, you got thirty five seconds left, you got twenty seconds left. And so everybody was tuned in to what we had to do to move the ball down the field as focus. When Peter focused on Jesus, so the winds are contrary, the winds are boisterous, there are all the things going on, the waves are big and so forth, like that. But when Peter focused on Jesus, hi honey. Hi, honey. So when Jesus, when Peter focused on Jesus, what, what, what happened? He was on the water, right? He Lose was. Us. Yes. Amen. I'm so sorry. That's fine. That's Hi, okay. Lose. Come on, Lois. <laughs> we love you, Lois. You're a blessing. <laughs> so when he saw the th- so what, what happens? His eyes got diverted. Now, maybe because of the noise, you know how wind has noise and so forth. Maybe mist hit his face, whatever. He looked beyond Jesus and saw, like, what on earth am I doing here? So, and then it says he was afraid. Now, fear is the enemy of faith. And so if I'm afraid, it's going to drain my faith. If I'm, a, if I'm fearful of something. So when he saw that, he was afraid. He began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. So as long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was okay. Yeah, right. Now the enemy in general, let's, let's look at a huge picture, say, about the world. You know, we've, we've uh, uh, you go back many years, you know, everybody was concerned about the Cold War and the Cold War crisis and so forth. And then how many remember in 1988, the book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming in 1988? Any of you? Some of you, You're all, a lot of you are old enough to remember this, Okay. So what was the point? It really distracted people. You know, here's everybody's buzzing about that. Or how many remember Y2K, of course? And we had many in the body of Christ become survivalists and uh, buy things and and prepare to live in the mountains or whatever. Uh, Of course, it didn't happen, you know. How many remember the 2000 presidential election with George Bush? The hanging chads. And people were off, man, people talking about that, you know, for months, months and months and months after that election, before it was actually actually finally, finally decided by the Supreme Court, you know. But people were on that, you know. How many remember the blood moons? Blood moons, you know, was more in the 2014 time frame. And so people were on to the blood moons and, and uh, uh, what the blood moons were doing. And I said to somebody one time, I said, I'm not going to be led by the stars, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. You know, amen? I'm not going to be led by what the moon is doing, if there's an eclipse or something. I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit. And if we're led by the Holy Spirit, folks, what happens is we stay in peace, right? Peace is a precious commodity. And peace is only found in Jesus Christ. All right? Because, now listen, we live in the world. I understand that. We we associate, we do things in the world. I understand that. However... Peace only comes through Jesus Christ. So Jesus has to be our message. Amen. Amen. Galatians 5. So this is one Billy Graham bought, brought just some years before he passed away. But again, issues in the body of Christ at that time. And Galatians 5 just says, you know, you've been called to liberty. So we have freedom. Hallelujah. Uh, as brothers and sisters. But we don't want to use the freedom to go off say worldly things. Right. We want to use our freedom to serve. The whole law is summed up. Love your neighbors yourself. And then he says, if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware, because you're going to hurt one another, right? So Billy Graham brought this message. Now, that was partly to at that time, like Southern Baptists and some ones like that. But he brought this message to say, hey, we've got to be careful what we're doing. The focus, the focus is the evangelism. Amen? Amen. That's the focus. That's. That's why, why are we here on this planet? What's the purpose of your life? We all work different jobs, We're all, we live different places, but we have a purpose, and we have a divine purpose. Like the sign in the back room, His last command is our first priority. You should have priorities in your life. We as Christians have been so diverted... From the idea of witnessing about Jesus, that we've kind of omitted it. Rather than the great commission, it's the great omission. And so, stop and think, when's the last time you shared with someone about Jesus? When was the last time you witnessed Jesus to someone, somebody else? When was the last time you shared your testimony? We we'll all have a testimony, right? Of some sort. When was the last time you shared your Testimony. See, we get sidetracked. It's easy to get sidetracked, right? It's not hard. It's very easy. All right? In anything, you know, it's easy to have that happen. But in 2 Timothy uh, chapter two, one, it says, be strong in grace. So God gives us grace to do his work. Amen? He gives us grace to follow him. Now, we've heard things, but then Paul says, committed to faithful men who can teach others also. But what are we teaching people? We're teaching people about Jesus, right? To walk with the Lord. And then he says, I want you to be a good soldier, a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. A good soldier f- from the top on down, commanding. There's a chain of command, and they follow commands. It's amazing how that works in the military. <laughs> You know, So there are good soldiers following those commands. And notice what it says there, that no one then, if you're a good soldier, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. So, so our, we live in this life, but I don't want to be entangled or bogged down so that I miss my calling. My right, calling is to Jesus Christ. Notice this last line, we want to please him who enlisted us. So when we get saved, we're enlisting, we're signed up into his body, right? Into his army. And so now our focus is to please who? Jesus Christ. You have one to please. You have one that ultimately you're hearing his voice and his voice will always follow his word. And so that is the one we want to please, we're all, we're all part of the body. We're all technically soldiers, but we want to be a good soldier, right? We want to be a good soldier, not entangled with the affairs of this life. I mean, that's why Paul even said, you know, hey, a single person actually can walk closer or it's easier because they, they're not dealing with their spouse. There's actually truth to that. We can get so bogged down in marriage and other things and doing things of marriage, we miss our calling. For, de- for decades, you know, as Jeannie and I got married, one of the words we got, up, got right from the beginning was teamed up for life, teamed up for Jesus. Amen. And we've endeavored to keep that at the forefront of ours. We're married, but we're teamed up for Jesus. Amen. The calling we have is to Jesus Christ, to Amen. advance the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. So, so these things, these things uh, we want to please Jesus, who's called us. Now, later on in that chapter of 2 Timothy 4, verse 18, it says, it says, remind people now remind them. Now, why is reminding them? Because people were, were arguing words to no profit to the hearer. So they're arguing. So remind them of these things so that, so in other words, so Christians aren't arguing about the world, but they're focused on Jesus. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker, a worker for Jesus Christ. Does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the truth, word of truth. But then notice what it says, "Shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness." And one of the versions actually says, "Useless theories." We are all kinds of things. We all like remember I had the radio here when we were talking about the leading of the Holy Spirit and the frequencies. And this room is filled with frequencies and you could tune into all kinds of things on frequencies. These are voices out there. But we have to tune into the right voice if we're going to walk in the peace of God. If we're going to fulfill his calling, if we're going to be a worker, not to shame, but rightly dividing the word of truth, we have to tune into the right voice. Now, notice what it says. The other things, they're out there, but we have to shun them. In other words, don't don't follow that. Follow Jesus. Folks, there's lots of voices. We all hear voices, but we have to turn away from things that's going to just take me away From the gospel of Jesus Christ. Notice what it says here. Their message. These other voices. Or theories or whatever. Their message will spread like cancer. Just spreads and spreads. And then it says. Some have have strayed concerning the truth. He's talking about Christians now. Because of these other things. They've strayed like cancer grows. They stray from the truth. And here they said. Even the resurrection has already passed. So in other words. You know, these are things we thought. oh, people couldn't say that. But in, in our day today, because of social media, all the more we have to be on guard. Why why do we have it? We think of a shield of faith and we think of the attacks of the enemy. But sometimes it's, it's these things also that's hitting the shield of faith. You want to keep it out of your life. Because most things, even like when we started the coronavirus and all the things started and all that. Most of it gendered fear. People tuned into our church services because they found faith. Amen. Because it made them feel the peace of God. Amen. Made them feel the presence of God. They said this to us. So that we, they would tune in because it brought stability to their life Amen. as opposed to fear. You have to discern what you're hearing. You have to discern what's, what's going on. Because distractions... Uh, attractions draw us in. Distractions push us away. So if there's a distraction, it's pushing me away from my calling, from Jesus Christ, from what he wants me to do. It's distracting me. But attraction, Jesus was an attractor, draws us to the Lord and brings us into a closer relationship Amen. with the Lord. Everybody has to discern. Pastors, we've, we've talked with pastors now over the last uh, years. But some pastors, their whole focus is on the things going on in the world. They're passing on things in the Internet. You've got to listen to this. You've got to listen to that. You've got to do this. I would tell pastors, what are you doing? You're a pastor. What are you doing? All you're doing is spreading fear. You're not spreading any faith. You're spreading fear. Some people we talk to -to face-to-face confronting. Why do this? Don't do this. Don't do this. Facebook gives a window into people's lives a lot of times. This is is what they're on. I say, no, no, no. You're calling us to Jesus Christ. That's our focus. Let's let's, uh, let's look at Matthew 24 a second. Matthew 24, verse 24. There's false Christ. There's false prophets. These are other voices that seem good, but they go out there. They'll show signs, wonders. But notice to deceive and lead astray, if possible, the very elect, to lead astray Christians. I remember, remember when I talked about, again, hearing the voice of God, and wolves come in sheep's clothing, but you've got to understand it's not sheep's skin, it's just fake. All right. It's not sheep's skin, it's sheep's clothing. And so we have to discern. How do I discern? Well, I discern with the Word of God. Amen. Remember, Jesus never got involved with the things of the world, who I would say should be our example, right? And so he's the head of the church. But Jesus never got involved in politics. We'll share some of these scriptures another time, but they came to make him a king. He's No, he's left them. High and dry. Didn't go that way. They tried to stir him up to get him involved. And what about Pilate and this? this?" No. Never went there. He's our example. He's the one we want to be focused on. Amen. So our call then in 2 Timothy 4 verse 1. Then our call, our charge is to preach the word. Now, this would buy, the Bible is written to all of us, so this isn't like, okay, well, that's a pastor. Of course, the pastor ought to do that. No, this is for all of us. Amen. For all of us, my message should come through Scripture. And the message then, so we're, we're, you know, charge you. He's coming to judge the quick and the dead. That's true. Preach the Word. Be ready. So be ready to do what? To be ready to share Jesus. In season or out of season. So out of season, being, even when you don't expect it, be ready to share Jesus Christ. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Using scripture about people's lives. Amen? All over the world. We have to remember, all over the world things are happening right now. All over the world we are in perilous times. The United States is really quite in quite a bubble. But all over the world it's very difficult right now. Very difficult for believers and getting worse. Things are happening in the United States. But keep in mind that the Bible says all the world, every nation, all people will follow the beast. So it's not like, it's not like the United States gets an exempt card. They get a green card. No, nope, they're, they're exempt. No, no, no. All the world will go that way. The Bible already prophetically has said that. So when we see things happening in the world, it makes me think, wow, my time is short. I need to share more. Right. Am I going to stop? Am I going to stop the book of Revelation? No, I'm not going to. But can I share Christ that might lead some others, even if they don't receive right away, that might lead some others to consider I need to follow him. Yes. Even at the alumni thing last last weekend, not this Saturday, but the weekend before. Sharing with athletes who are not old athletes. <laughs> We're all old athletes, but sharing Jesus. Made some uncomfortable. They're drinking and so forth. Made them kind of uncomfortable. But the message, the message, though, isn't about our church. Amen. Isn't about any of that. It's all about Jesus. So, so the time will come. Notice when they will not endure sound doctrine. Now, this is talking about believers. Okay, this is not talking about the world. The world's already lost. So it's talking about believers. The time will come. They won't endure sound. In other words, they don't want to hear it anymore according to their desires, they have itching ears, they'll heap for themselves their own teachers. They'll turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. This is speaking to Christians. So if I I listen to any voice and focus on, say, some other voice, pretty soon that voice sounds pretty good to me. And it can cause me to Be attracted to that. If I'm attracted to some other voice other than Jesus, I'm distracted. Or pulling apart from Jesus Christ. That's right. So this is talking to believers. And the believers come, you know, that's kind of an admonition to us, right? All of us. Amen. Amen. We can't ever say, oh, that will never happen to me. No, no, we never want to say that. We always want to cling as close as we can. To the Word of God. That's why we emphasize Bible reading. That's why we emphasize being in His presence. Because we can't say, Oh, it'll never happen. No, well, because then we can let down our guard. So we don't want to be turned away from the truth, which is the Bible. And that is, of course, where we find our peace. Now, if I'm focusing on the if I'm focusing on the world rather than the Word, obviously it doesn't benefit the church, does it? No, we want to focus on the Word. We want to focus on Jesus. We want to focus on the truth. We want to focus on the good messages that are out there. Amen? Amen. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 a second. Hebrews chapter 12. So we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. You know, Revelation, something mentioned before. Even we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the Word of our testimony. And we love not our life even unto the death. We're willing to lay down our life for Jesus. We don't think about that a lot in America, but that day will come. Amen. Remember this. Let me just say this. You know, for for many years, of course, people talk about the rapture, in particular the pre-tribulation rapture. But folks, the whole world is already in tribulation. So I can't, when Jeannie and I go to many other countries, we can't share that because that doesn't make any sense to them. Like, oh, you're going to escape all these troubles. No, that doesn't make sense to them when they have friends that have died or pastors that have been killed, churches burned. No, that doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, you're going to escape all this. No, you don't preach that. That's only preached in America. That's where that doctrine is preached, but not not in other countries. If it, something can't be shared worldwide, then we probably should set it on the shelf. Amen? Amen. He will catch us away sometime. We just don't know when it is. So, so we're looking to Jesus. Isn't it? those of you joining us overseas, some of you wrote us from other countries about the apostolic word the other night. God bless you. He's on your side. He's for you. He hears your prayers. He's working in your country, in your city. In, in your tribe, he's working for his glory, even on your behalf. He's with you. And so we stand with you in prayer in Jesus' name. So we're surrounded by heavenly witness. Notice what it says. Lay aside the weights, the sin which just so easily, easily ensnares us. Now notice there's a weight and there's sin. The weights are the things that want to distract us. All right? Can't, people saying, well, that's not sin. No, it just distracts us, though, from our message. So, we have to lay down the weights that's trying to pull us another way and keep our track on Jesus. Notice, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Now, another translation would say, fixing your eyes on Jesus, like Peter did when he's walking on the water. He fixed his eyes on Jesus, there was a focus. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith who the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we're fixing our eyes on Jesus and we're running a race. Amen? Now, one of the things, Greg brought this the other day, Greg Anderson. Thank you, Greg. Greg knows horses. And he's got a little pony halter thing. And the pony, little pony, should emphasize that. But these things here are blinders, all right? So the pony, when it's put on his head, he's got blinders. Now the blinders serve so that he does, isn't distracted. In other words, in other words, if, if he's got a blinder here, then he's not seeing you over there. He's got blinders on, right? So the blinders cause him to look straight ahead, straight ahead. Now, if we're going to run a race, and the horse races horses have blinders, so they're not looking like, oh, there comes Johnny, come by me. No, no, they're focused on what? The jockeys leading them, they're straight ahead, focused on their goal, focused on their path. We're running a race, and if we're running a race, I'll never finish my race profit properly if I'm running over here. I'm running over here, and then I'm running over here. In the 1980s, I had a dream in the night. It was very, very clear that I've never forgotten. And I'm going down this gravel road. And I'm going down, as I'm going down the gravel road, there was a fire in the ditch. And I went over and I started patting, putting out the fire in the ditch. I got back in the road and then there's a fire over in the other ditch. And I was putting out the fire in the ditch and so forth. And then I looked down the road and there were fires on both sides of the road in both ditches. And I said, Lord, I'll never get down the road if I have to stop and deal with all the fires. And the Lord said, just walk on down the road and let the fires burn themselves out. Just keep going down the road, the straight road. Let the fires be. Focus. We're all in a race, right? The point is how do you how do we want to finish? When do we finish the race? When you die. You want to finish strong, right? You want to finish so that you're looking this way to the finish line. So you're looking at Jesus. Your goal is heaven. The Bible says the end of our salvation is when we die. When we go to heaven. But until that time, we're on a race. And I have to keep focused so that I'm not going this way and that way. What does the Bible say? A double-minded man is unstable. What's going on here? What's going on here? Did you hear about this? What's going on over there? Unstable. Focus is the key that brings stability, brings peace, brings life. While a storm was raging, Peter was fine as long as he looked at Jesus. When he took his eyes off of Jesus, he wasn't so good. Now the horse can wear the blinders in a race. The horse can wear the blinder in the field. It can be a workhorse. I think we're workhorses too. Turn to your neighbor and say, You're a workhorse. You're a workhorse. So we should not be distracted from the work. If if the horse, if the horse is like this, we'll put it this way, if he's looking around and he and he If you're not controlling it, pretty soon, there goes the plow this way. There goes the plow that way. You might have a little jigsaw puzzle in your field. Because the horse is distracted. So they'll put these on the horse, and they're, they're driving the horse from behind. All the horse sees, and I'm going this way. Going one direction. And when they want him to turn, they'll turn him this way. Turns around and goes back the other direction. But he's not zigzagging. Left. Right, over here, turning around. All the workhorse is doing is just what he's created to do, is to walk and to do that work. And the blinders keep away distractions. Now, spiritually, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, we will diminish distractions. Isn't that right? See, it's, let me just say this. It's like if if you're in a setting, even like this. So 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 Lois comes up. That's not a distraction. If you just realize eyes on Jesus, pick her up, carry on. But some people see see even training people training yourself. There can be in a service and there's a noise and people go, what's going on over there? In sports, in sports. There's so many things created to distract you from your goal, What's your goal is to win the game, right? Yeah. If you're shooting the free throw and you're on the, with the opposing team and everybody's behind the basket waving and doing all kinds of things, and maybe you've seen those games, and how do they make the basket? Because all that is zoned out and all they see is the rim. Amen. That's all they see. They don't see the other. They just see the rim and they calmly can go up and make the shot. Isn't that right? Yeah. It'd be a poor football player if he's out in the field like, look at those cheerleaders. Oh, those cheerleaders over there. Poor player. Just blew it. Or the teams, the teams prepare people like when we, when we played Colorado State and there was a big deal ahead of time and there's lights and this and that. And they told everybody ahead of time, this is what will happen so you know not to focus on that. We'll have a big crowd. It'll be noisy. There's going to be a light show. They're doing all these things. You come out and you do your business. What do they have? They have a scouting report. What do we have? We have a scouting report. God gives us things so that we can win in life. Amen. And as long as I'm focusing on the victor, victor I'll have victory. If I take my eyes off of him... I'm going to face fear, torment, all kinds of things. We bring life to this world. We're light to this world. We're encouragement to this world. We help people to think right. We help people. No, focus on Jesus. We help people. You're someone who blesses somebody else. Amen. Amen. Look at Acts 17 in a second. Let's look at a couple more verses. Acts 17. Acts 17 just says this. There's a tumult in the t- temple and so forth. They take out Jason and so forth. But I want you to see these verses here. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Here's, here's, here's a challenge for us, the body of Christ. The challenge is to turn the world. Say, turn the world. Turn the world. Who are we turn what are we turning the world to? Yeah. Who are we turning the world to? No one else can save a soul but Jesus Christ. Yeah. No one. Do you know that there's there's never been there's never been a government that's perfect? All governments are corrupt? All governments are corrupt. Government can't save a soul. No one can save a soul, only Jesus. So we are turning the world to the answer that they need. Everybody needs Jesus. They don't know it yet, but they need Jesus. He's their answer. So we're trying to turn their focus like, oh, I see what you're saying, but let's look here. Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. So these who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And notice what they said, these are all acting, they're acting, these Christians are acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, who was the leader of the world at that time, saying there is another king, and his name is Jesus. Now, I live in the United States, and I live in South Dakota, but my highest citizenship is in heaven. My highest citizenship is with the body of Christ. I belong to one king. One king in his name is Jesus Christ. And that is the king that I want to promote to people. Folks, I think right now people are very willing to listen to this message. I think people all over the world are so frazzled with all the issues going on. Not just in our country. All over the world, there's all kinds of issues just pulling and dragging on people. People are fighting people. Governments are fighting themselves. Now we come with a message that says, I understand, but Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Let's turn our eyes to Jesus. I think people are opening their hearts to this. I really believe that. I believe this is our message for this time. I believe this is how we can help the world. I believe this is how we can turn the world. Some of the people, amen. I'm not saying we're going to turn the whole world, but some of the people can be turned to life out of the darkness because of the light that you bring. The message that we bring. They're talking about another king. So folks, they weren't talking about Israel, right? They weren't talking about Israel. They weren't talking about the Roman Empire. They weren't talking about politics. They were saying, we've got a king. A beautiful king. Wonderful king of kings and lord of lords. And they knew that that word was about Jesus. That's the message that we have. Amen? That's the message that brings life. Amen. Now, Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four and verse one. That we should, Paul says, a prisoner of the Lord, he says, "I beg you, walk worthy of the calling in which you were called." Beseech. In other words, in other words, here is just, "I beg you, walk worthy of the calling with which you've been called." So the Bible says, "We're called into the fellowship of His dear Son." The Bible says we've been given a great commission. The Bible says that we were ambassadors for Christ. Amen? Amen. I mean, wonderful if you're an ambassador for some country or so forth. That'd be, that'd be quite a position. But what a great position that you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Now okay, you're all real excited about that. But that's the truth. That is a tremendous calling. You work for the king of all kings. You're called into his service. You're enlisted into his service. See what I mean how important this is. So Paul is saying you should walk worthy of the calling which you're called. Where you called. This is where we're called, folks. No matter what country you live in. That's why this preaches all over the world. Any country. It's the gospel. It goes everywhere. We have, we have people that are in countries that they have anti-conversion laws. They have, they're have anti-Christ. They're against Christianity. We have people that are part of other religions, killing Christians, taking off their heads. We have all these things. Uh, what, what is my calling? My calling is to Jesus Christ. My calling is to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. These are big deals. I mean, we... We can get sidetracked on some. We think this is so big. This is so big. And it's like this is, this, is a, this is nothing but a pimple compared to the world. The world is reeling with death. We come to bring life. Amen. It's a big deal, folks. If you think about what's going on, big deal. So we have to walk worthy of what he's asked us to do lowly humbleness gentleness long suffering bear with one another now here's the thing working with other christians other everybody's got opinions i understand that everybody's a different person people belong to different churches i understand that but we have to work notice this says endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace Amen. we have to work to keep ourselves focused on the calling That he's given to us. It takes effort. Focus takes effort. If you're going to wear blinders, you've got to be willing to put them on. I suppose there's times, Greg, where the horse doesn't want to have the bit in its mouth and stuff. But you you just hook them up. We have to be willing, willing to do what God asks us to do. To focus. If you're an athletic team, it's important that everybody's in unity, right? If you're in the military, it's important that everybody is in unity. You know, you're not going to have an army out here and say, I don't think we should be in this battle. We're not going to do this. It's like, that guy's going to the brink. Why? They will not tolerate his voice that is against the flow of the commanding officer. We have to work to keep the unity of the Spirit. doesn't mean we all believe the same. That's not what I'm saying here. There's a place where we come in the unity of faith. That's great. But this is just saying that we keep this attitude that we're going to follow Jesus. Notice what it says. Endeavoring to keep this unity in the bond of peace. In other words, we're not fighting each other. No, but we're endeavoring to spread this message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why I am here. Turn to your neighbor. This is why you're here. This is why you are here. Your purpose, if it was just to get us to heaven, he'd save us and zap us out of here. Let me ask you this. If what you're doing today isn't going to save a soul for tomorrow. I'm, I'm talking about spiritually saved, get them to heaven. That's what we have to think about. Jobs, we work jobs, great. But, makes you money, Fine. But still, aside from your job, is this ministry. Make every effort, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Notice it says, there's one body, there's one Spirit, there's one hope of your calling, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, above all, through all, and in you all. So we have to work at doing this, takes effort. Prayer, Bible study, encouragement. It's like just a couple more verses. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. So Paul is saying here, notice again this word I plead with you. Why, Why are these words in there? Because even in this day, there were people distracted. Okay. Paul, someone's, you know, we have writing in Scripture, I'm, a, I'm from a Paul, I'm a, from Apollos, I'm from Cephas. They're all distracted, rather than the message. So you notice the word again, I plead with you. So, so what the Bible is relevant to us today, of course, is to bring us back into this focus. I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Now, how can, what is he talking about here? Just, it's just a biblical thing. It's not that we're parodying the same, same mantra, It's just that we're speaking those things. Amen. Biblical things. That there be no divisions among you. Why? Because there were divisions among them. They were speaking different things. Notice what he says. That you be perfectly joined together in the same mind. And in the same judgment. This is again flowing with the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So if there are. If there are. All these things, there's only one path, right, Jesus? And following him and a message that he's given us, but there are myriads of things that could distract me. Lots of things to get us off the path from where he wants us to go. Paul says, notice, I plead with you. There are, what is he saying? There are so many divisions. There are so many factions. There are so many people going different directions. I plead with you that we would go in this direction in following Jesus Christ. I plead with you that we'd follow the Word of God. We have the Bible today. Hallelujah. They did not have the benefit of their day, but we have that. I plead with you to follow the Holy Spirit. I plead with you to have the same mind. Now we can have... We can all have we can all have opinions, but we have want to have one focus for the gospel. Amen. I mean, you can think of all kinds of things. Well, I think this about the world. I think that that's fine. But the message, though, to the world is Jesus Christ, because only Jesus will save souls. Only Jesus will make someone whole. All the other things become distractions from having me do. What I should do. Folks, the Holy Spirit is causing, calling us closer to Jesus. He's getting us ready. Are these the last days? Yes, they're the last days. But I think he's getting us ready, in particular, as far as the United States. He's getting us ready to have our focus on him. These other countries already, they, they face great adversity. It's interesting, though, that when we're with believers, we're with believers in another country. I don't want to mention it because I don't want to get censored, but... In another country where they, their country is perse- actively persecuting them. And they never pray, they never pray against that. They're, there's a light for Jesus. And they're praying, Lord, open more doors. Lord, give us more opportunities. Lord, do this and that. They're not, they're not the, in the prayer meeting, the government wasn't even addressing them, thinking, wow. But they are thinking about souls. In these countries, if you're baptized, it's a death sentence. You're baptized in water, you will be killed. You are marked. That's the way it is. They have a different perspective than us. They're much closer to the same mind and speaking the same thing, having the same judgment. No matter what church, if they're Christians, they're Christians. No separations like denominationalism. It's about Jesus. Amen? That's the thing that that, uh, we have. Our message is Jesus. Psalm 145 says, "My mouth shall speak the praises of the Lord." That I can control my mouth, amen. Amen. So I'm going to speak the praises of the Lord, because if I speak that, that's going to draw people. It'll cause people's eyes to come up. Like some people say, "Hey, I want nothing to do with that." Okay, that's their choice. But other people will say, "Wow, what does he have that I don't have? How come he's in so much peace? How come he's happy?" We are very happy people. We are very happy people because of Jesus Christ. Psalm 18, verse 2. So you should write this down. Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. This is who he is. So no matter where I live, in this country or any other country, he becomes my rocks. Now, this is based on your trust in what you believe. But he has to personally become my rock. You can't say, you know, boy, uh, Pastor Dave, he's got, he's, he's got that going. He's, this Lord is his Lord is his rock. No, no, everybody has to have that. Amen. That's the challenge for parents to see your children walk into this. Or challenge to see your grandchildren walk into this. Where they take your faith and it becomes personal to them. Real live. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. He's my God. He's my strength. Amen? That's that's who he is. I will trust in him. He's my shield. He's my salvation. He's my stronghold. So consequently, in difficulty then, I will call upon the Lord. When I'm attacked, when I face adversity, all this. Who am I going to call on? I'm going to call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. And then we're going to close with Psalm Psalm 15. It just says, he's my hope. He's the God of hope. He is the God of hope. Folks, we have great hope in these days. Believers of all people have great hope. We have a great future. Great days ahead of us. Great days. Every reason to be optimistic because of Jesus Christ. Every reason. So he's the God of hope. He fills with us all joy and peace. When we believe. So you can't just parrot the things and say, yeah, okay, yeah, that's right, you know. But then look like you've been baptized in pickle juice. Doesn't work. You know, you can't say, yeah, I believe the Bible. But then you go off on everything. No, no, it doesn't work. He becomes all, all our joy, our peace, when we believe. Amen. Experience it through faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can abound, overflowing with hope. Abound. Overflowing. Folks, I think the positive message of Jesus Christ is gaining an audience. I think people want to hear something that's good news. It's not beating people up. It's not casting people down. It's not walking in judgmentalism. No, it's offering hope for any person at any place, whoever they are. It's offering them hope because of who our God is. He loves people. Amen. He loves people. This preaches worldwide, see. Preaches worldwide wherever you're at. I could be talking to the Hindu, he offers some hope. If you talking to the Muslim, he offers some hope. If you're talking to the Buddhist, he offers some hope. Anybody. If you're talking to a Democrat, he offers them hope. You know what I mean? So many people get out there and they demonize, even they demonize the Democrats. Says, folks, folks, we've got to reach people, right? Amen. How will I reach somebody if they're demons to me? If I treat them that way. No, I want to reach them with the love of Jesus, right? Amen? Yeah. That, I, we're called to reach people. So if someone... We just heard the other day. A pastor and his wife, a minister and his wife and so forth. They were talking. And their son had issues. Their son had some problem, marital problems. And, and they go to their city... And the wife who had had separated herself, and she spread all these bad things about him. And he goes for help to these other pastors, and the pastor says, no, I don't want to meet with you. Goes to another church pastor, no, I don't want to meet with you, I've heard about you. And my mouth dropped open in sadness. Because the judgmentalism in the body of Christ. These are spirit-filled people, folks. And they're mean. And I want nothing to do with them. Because it's not God. And so this guy flounders because ministers, churches are judgmental. No, we're not going to get together. I said, I will get together with anybody. I don't care who the person is, their background, what they're into, whatever. If they say, Pastor, can I come and see you? My door is open. It has opened a lot of doors for Jeannie and I. As we've met with people here and around the world. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Jesus, come on. I'll meet you at night. I'll meet you. I'll fellowship. We'll talk together. This is what we're called to do is to be a blessing to our world. Amen? Amen? Amen. And if, and how we speak about the world is important because that will either take the world from us or attract them to us. The world was attracted to Jesus. People caught in bad sins, all kinds. They were attracted to Jesus. The Pharisees just hated it. Look at that. All the, all the, the people going to him, the whores and all these people, you know, the drunkards. Yeah. Attracted. Not because he condoned their message, but because he brought them life. He brought them life. We offer life. Turn to your neighbor and say, you offer life. That's what we offer. That's, what, that's all we have to give. That's Jesus Christ. Got this mic here.
1: Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Oops. Um, I love that over there. bubbling over with hope. Just, can't you just feel it? Pastor Dave, my husband, I love this message. Amen. I thank God for the word. I thank God that you're his mouthpiece. And that you clear things up. I know things are being cleared up. Confusion is lifting. And I believe we're all in this room with our little pony blinders on. (laughs) We got our blinders on. Pony blinders. Oh. I want to keep my eyes on you, Jesus. Author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set before him he endured the cross, despising the shame. Thank right. you, Lord. Well, this might seem silly, but let's just put up our blinders. Go ahead. Most of us have mm. two hands that are free.
0: Thank you, Jesus.
1: So thank you, Lord, that we yeah. have we have blinders on to keep us yes. from being distracted. Yep. That we can keep our focus on you, Jesus. And yes. that even in the Spirit, that you've cleared up our vision. Yes. You've given us supernatural, clear 2020 vision,
0: 2020 vision. to
1: see you clearly, yes. to focus on you, yes. and to see the direction you want us to go. Amen. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes. Amen. I want to say one last Amen. thing. Amen. 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 We can give him a clap offering. Amen.
0: Amen. No, I was just going to say, this again, this is something you can share. This is something you can pass on to other people.
1: Absolutely. And
0: use it uh, that way, to spread it around the world.
1: Absolutely. Um, the, uh, the, uh, one of the last messages, too, that Pastor Dave preached on focusing on Jesus has been going around the world. And it's just being shared and shared and shared. So uh, just repeat it yeah. in your heart yeah. and in your spirit. Yeah. So I keep thinking about as, as you've been preaching here today about the life prayer. Mm-hmm. So it's so beautiful to pray the life prayer. The life amen. prayer. amen, amen. And so I'm, I'm going to lead in a life prayer. Yes. Everyone can just you can look at us and yes. you can you can repeat with Pastor Dave the yes. life prayer that I will pray. Amen. I remember praying this prayer when I was 19 years old, yes. and that was. Fifty years ago, yes, I think, if I'm right with my math. So let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name.
0: Father, in Jesus' name.
1: I know that I'm a sinner.
0: I know that I'm a sinner.
1: I open my heart to your love.
0: I open my heart to your love.
1: I ask you to forgive me.
0: I ask you to forgive me.
1: Of things that I have done wrong.
0: Of things that I have done wrong.
1: Of thoughts that haven't been right.
0: Of thoughts that haven't been right.
1: Of attitudes that have been negative.
0: Of attitudes that have been negative.
1: Lord Jesus.
0: Lord Jesus.
1: Come into my heart.
0: Come into my heart.
1: I invite you.
0: I invite you.
1: Make me the person.
0: Make me the person.
1: You want me to be.
0: You want me to be.
1: And fill me with your Holy Spirit.
0: And fill me with your Holy Spirit.
1: In Jesus' name. In
0: Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. If you prayed that prayer, the Holy Spirit came in, and he's with you. He said, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Never
0: leave us. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. That is so true. Thank you, Pastor G. That's a good word. Hallelujah. I feel like, you know, it's like we have marching orders, right? How many know when when an army marches, they march in step, right? They're not just walking the way they want to. No, they're in step. You learn to walk and march in step. I was uh, at a parade in Iowa in August, and some of the old timers that, probably older than me, but they were still marching down the street in their cadence, you know, and they were marching in step. We have marching orders, amen? Let's go out and bless the world, amen? Let's go out. And share Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. Bless your neighbor. And we will proceed for good things. Next Sunday, invite people for Brother Sepha being here. Jesse will be here also. Women Alive, invite somebody. Going to be a great weekend next weekend. Tonight, Deb will share here. God bless you. Amen.